0: You're listening to the yoga teacher resource podcast, knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Madhya Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is an on-air coaching call where I take a fellow teacher through a mini strategy session. These Honor Coaching Calls are a fascinating peek into the brains and lives of other yoga teachers. The teachers who participate are incredibly generous and brave to allow me to share their session on the podcast, and I have so much respect for them. Let's jump right into this on Honor Coaching Call, and I will see you on the other side. I was excited to see your topic request about deciding whether or not to take a 300 hour training. Cause this is actually a question that I get a lot. This is probably one of the most frequently asked questions. So it's a great opportunity to get to talk through it with you and hopefully other folks listening will benefit also. So tell me a little bit about your background, about your 200 hour training,
1: why you decided to become a teacher I'm noticing that since when i when came out of high school, every like I did a lot of different programs and learnings, not only yoga, but just in general, about a lot of diverse subject. And thankfully, for me, it seems like they all kind of match up together at the end. So, now I do have a full-time job that is in finance and I've been sitting at home for the last give or take 18 months and I just needed more. And I've always been very, very interested in health in general. So I was just trying to find easy ways to kind of keep myself busy. And I saw this ad I don't even remember if it was maybe Google or Instagram that said, do you be your yoga teacher today. And I'm like, oh, I do like yoga. So I did sign on. And I didn't even know I would actually like teaching then. I was just, I like yoga. Why not? From there, I just started teaching after just a family and friends. And I kind of fell in love with it. What was your 200-hour training like? Also it's completely virtual. And so the I did it with Yoga Renew, which was great. I don't have any complaints. The price was also like very affordable. Also, another thing that was a big part for me is thankfully doing it online removed a lot of costs from the studios and teachers. And personally, I have a full-time job and a family. I don't have time to go three weeks away to do or complete any 200 hours anywhere else so that for me was great and yoga alliance changed the rules that they could just allow anyone to be a certified yoga teacher or registered yoga teacher by a certain date so that just kind of fell in perfectly for me which was okay for what I needed as well.
0: Yeah, definitely the online option has made taking teacher training accessible for a lot of people that wouldn't have been able to complete one otherwise. I'm curious what your training covered. Like, what was the primary focus of your training?
1: So, it's hard to compare to other training because unfortunately, I did only one. (laughs) Well, thankfully for me, I did only one. (laughs) But I think as far as my knowledge goes, I mean, it's for sure it's not the same as it's gonna. It would be, in, a class setting, but we covered all the, the, the histories of yoga, where it comes from. We did have a lot of reading books as well that was provided, and there is also a list of after even if you've done your two hundred hours, you can keep on reading and just that information itself was very interesting and it's not something that i mean i was a western yoga person that took yoga to physical benefits and i was very pleased to see that they would even cover more the like more the mental aspect of it yeah and they do provide they did provide actually for each single asanas or poses like a, a very big descriptions on how to do them properly, what to look for in alignments, how to modify them for each single one of them. Which, I mean, for me, as far as if you begin and then even online, if I teach someone, I can spot someone being like, "Oh, I know that you have hip sh- hip issues because your knees are too high." Or so, in that sense, I think that's I wouldn't see really a difference between that and like in person training that was very very well organized as far as that was as far as that part goes mm-hmm. and they did cover a lot of other subjects even business and how to do a little little bit of what to do after more like how to create a resumes and what type of insurance do you need and
0: and so what has Put the idea in your head that maybe you should do a 300 hour.
1: Where did that idea come from? Oh, that's just the online community. I guess when you start being involved in more yoga and then you meet a lot of yoga teachers online, every one of them has a 500 hour. And I just, I, I mean, I, I get it. If you want to teach other teachers, that makes sense. But like personally, I'm not sure if it's always a right fit for everyone, and I guess that's why I'm here today. And also, I did do a sixty hour yin yoga training, which for me, that was amazing. I've learned so much through that, and it's like, what would be the next step after without that would be necessary and not just adding on hours and hours of learning? <laughs>
0: Well, one thing you'll learn about yoga teachers is that that's what we do. We add on hours and hours of learning. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the, the path that most of us take because once we start teaching, we always run into knowledge gaps. We always run into places where we just didn't know that we didn't know because it's a vast topic and you can't learn it all in 200 hours, right? You, you can't learn it all in one year, or I don't know how long your training was, but even, even if, you know, most, the longest 200 hour trainings that I know about are are maybe a year, that's like the longest and, and that's still not enough time. So there's definitely more learning that needs to happen. But, you know, before there were 300 hour trainings, we took smaller trainings, like What you're talking about with the yin training we read books we did our own practice we went to workshops so i definitely agree with you that i don't think a 300 hour training is the right path for everyone let me ask you another question how long has it been since you graduated from that 200 hour training it's only been six months okay in six months and you're loving teaching which is awesome personally I would table the question about the 300 hour training because it's still going to be there later on. I do not recommend that people jump from a 200 hour training straight into a 300 hour training. Now, anybody listening, if you did that, that's totally fine. It may have been the right decision for you. But if you ask me, if you ask me for my opinion, I say, wait, at least two years. So in your case, Melissa, I would, I would just put that question on the back burner for the next year and a half and you can always revisit it what you need now once you've graduated from that 200 hour training once you have gotten sort of an organized foundation from teachers that you trust it's time to get practice it's time to practice teaching and to commit and connect to your own practice in a new way right because that's part of what happens during a 200 hour is that your perception of what yoga is changes, and your relation to it, your relationship to it changes. So you don't want to jump from a two hundred hour into a three hundred hour because that's like too much at once. You you need some time to integrate, and you and you need time to practice teaching. So that is sort of the first layer of answer, and whether or not you'll ever want to take a 300 hour is totally up to you. Even though, you know, it's like online, I assume you mean on social media, you meet other teachers and it seems to you like everybody has their 500 hour training, but there are tons of people out there who don't. So it's what happens a lot of times is our brain does this thing where it likes to compare to other people, And it really likes to pick out people who are ahead of us to compare to. (laughs) So for example, you know, you're talking to people who've been teaching five years, seven years, 10 years, 15 years, and yeah, they have a 500 hour training. Great. But it is very possible that in your perception that everybody online has more training than you, that your brain may be actually picking and choosing. And either maybe the people with 200 hour trainings, aren't saying anything about it. Like maybe they're not raising their hand and saying, actually I don't, or maybe your brain is just not noticing those. So I promise there are tons of people out there teaching, loving, teaching, teaching full classes with just a 200 hour training. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's nothing magic about in each one type of training. So there's nothing magic about a 200 hour training. There are really awesome 200 hour trainings out there. And there are 200 hour trainings out there that are frankly, there's some that, that really shouldn't be out there. There There's some that do not prepare their graduates to teach. There are some that are being run by people who really basically just started teaching themselves and and it doesn't work very well. So having a 200 hour training, even though it's designed to be a little bit of a benchmark, a little bit of a credential, it doesn't actually mean very much because even the yoga Alliance standards, there's so many different ways people interpret them. And if I'm completely honest, some people pretend to, to meet their standards and then do whatever they want. And the yoga Alliance doesn't really, they can't check. They don't have the resources or bandwidth to check. So same with 300 hour trainings. Now, I think that the quality of 300 hour trainings are a little bit, I imagine that they're a bit higher, a bit more consistently higher because it's a lot harder. It's going to be more competitive, right? When you're offering a 200 hour training, you're offering this training to all kinds of people who don't actually know how to evaluate a training, but a 300 hour training you're offering to a much more educated market. So because of that, I believe that they're going to be higher quality, but still, still quite a a wide variety. So what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm saying from this is that You know, a lot of the people who are most experienced as teachers today never got a 200-hour or a 300-hour training because they didn't exist, right? Some of the really long-term teachers. And there are lots of yoga teachers out there, like I said, who love teaching, love learning, but just don't have the bandwidth for another big training. And so I don't think that anybody who is teaching public classes I don't think a 500 hour is a requirement. Now you may run into an employer, a gym or a yoga studio who wants it. And that's at the discretion of the hiring manager at that studio. But unless you, like you said earlier, either want to teach in teacher trainings yourself or run into an employer who wants one, it's not magic. And it's not a requirement in, in my opinion. However, I do think that having the attitude of a student of a lifelong learner is really important because if you come out of a 200 hour training, and I'm not saying that this is you at all, but if anyone comes out of a 200 hour training thinking like, yeah, I got this, (laughs) you know, I really, I really, I kind of, I kind of have the essence of yoga in my back pocket. I think that they didn't get it. Like there's no way (laughs) they're. if you think you got it, you don't. (laughs) that's kind of the whole point. It's this ever unfolding process that the more, you know, the more you recognize how much you don't know. So a level of confidence, I will say this, that of course there's a balance to be had because there's also a lot of teachers who are constantly second guessing themselves and keeping themselves stuck and wasting a lot of time and energy by being insecure about what they know. So there's totally a balance here, but it's about being being able to step into what you do and don't know and recognize that there's always more to learn, right? There's always more layers to learn. So how does that land with you, Melissa?
1: So that makes total sense. And I guess I get it because I got my 200 hours because I came out of there being like, wow, I know nothing. And that's, that's probably the reason why I was like, oh, I need the 300 now, because you learn It's you're not going to learn every single poses in the 200 hours, but the more and more you practice, then the more and more then you're going to learn them, even the more advanced one. And the one that you wouldn't teach your beginner where now I'm wondering is what's the difference between the 200 and 300, like, because I didn't learn, let's say, I don't remember exactly, but let's say I didn't learn. We're going to say front split in my 200 hours because I don't even know if that's a 300-hour thing. Like, am I actually equipped enough, even though I can do it, to teach other people? Because that, my biggest fear is like, if I'm not equipped enough and then someone's going to injure themselves because of what I'm saying, then that, I would run into an issue. Just personally, even like, forget the insurance part, but personally, I would feel very uncomfortable if someone would hurt themselves because I think I'm ready, but I am not. Absolutely.
0: I think that that's a a normal and you know shows good sense to have that concern. What I will say is that generally when people hurt themselves in yoga class, it comes from one of two things, overconfidence on the part of the teacher that they know more than the student about their body. And they are going to tell them with a lot of authority what to do with their body. Or over enthusiasm on the part of the student and where they are not listening to the teacher and the teachers like giving them guidance about how to know where their edge is, and they're just blasting past it so in the case of the first scenario it's really unlikely that students are going to hurt themselves if you give them ownership over their own bodies and their own experience as you teach for the second experience there's not much you can do about it right that is In a sense, it's a risk of being a teacher. You are going to get those students who don't listen to you. And it it could happen that one of those students doesn't listen to you and hurts themselves. And yeah, like you got to, you got to be willing to take that risk in order to be a teacher. But I will say that first of all, it doesn't happen very often. Secondly, hopefully that person would recognize it was their own fault for not (laughs) listening to you. And thirdly, these things don't really go to court. Like this is not something I've been in the yoga world for a very long time. And I don't know of any, like any teacher who has ever taken to court about an injury, right? So I know that if you talk to your insurance company or you talk to a lawyer, they could kind of build up the risk for you in a way that isn't in alignment with reality. But it's I still think it's useful to imagine the worst case scenario not repeatedly <laughs> but to know what it is so that you know like you're not blindsided right if you happen to be like the the very unusual you know exception that proves the rule or something so i think The idea, though, if you were to go to court is that you could defend yourself, you could say, well, I said this, I said this, I took every, you know, reasonable precaution to help this person not get injured, and they chose to ignore me again, this is not something that I think would happen. I'm not sure it's ever happened, but you can only do what you can do. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And just coming like, what's the difference? Would you recommend teaching poses you haven't seen in your 200 if you're confident you can actually do them?
0: Oh, sure. Because, you know, there's like a infinite number of ways that we can move our bodies and you can't cover them all in a 200 hour and you can make up new poses that nobody ever taught you. So if you are embodied in a movement or an exercise and you have your own personal experience. I definitely think you can share that with your students. You're not ordained by your 200 hour trainer to teach specific poses. They give you a foundation and you build on that foundation. And a bit earlier, I think you were asking about the difference between a 200 hour training and a 300 hour training. And I think that's worth exploring with the caveat that because of the variety of trainings this may be more accurate about some trainings than others. But to my mind, the purpose of a 300 hour training is to get more specific. So if you know that you really want to teach restorative yoga, yoga nidra, and very gentle yoga, then you would choose a 300 hour training that focused on that. So in my mind, the 200 hour training should be more general, should give you more of an overview so that you can start to figure out who you are and what you're passionate about as a teacher, then you would teach for at least two years, get practice, become comfortable, become build, build your confidence and get clear on, you know, what you'd like to specialize in because yoga is vast, Yoga is broad. There are so many different directions you could go. And so, yeah, that 300 hour training. I also think it is more geared In my mind, the 300 hour training, it would be good to have it more geared towards like the full-time professional yoga teacher, the person who's really serious about it versus like somebody who has a full-time job and is teaching a few classes a week for fun. I don't know that they need a 300-hour training. I mean, maybe eventually they do, right? Because you can can be a multifaceted person. You can be very passionate about yoga and have a full-time job. Some people are totally capable of doing that, which, wow, more power to them. That 300-hour training, I think it should cover more business. I think it should be more specialized. And I think it should make some assumptions about what people already know that a 200-hour training can't make. You know, then you want to, you want to find a lead trainer for a 300 hour that you really connect to that you're like i want to sit with this person i want to spend an extended amount of time with this person and really understand how their brain works and how they think about yoga that's another reason to take a 300 hour training versus a bunch of little trainings is if you find somebody that you feel called to spend more time with there are pros and cons to the bigger trainings versus the smaller trainings, the smaller trainings, I think are way more efficient. I think those smaller trainings, you're going to get a lot. You can customize exactly what you want to learn versus the bigger trainings. You're you sign up for the ride. There is a potential to go deeper with the longer training with the person that's going to guide you step-by-step through a longer process. So, with that, you know, it's really a personal choice.
1: It seems like on the 300 hour training, it's maybe not something you should really do online because I guess online, unless it's virtual like we're doing now, but a lot of training, it's like we give you the content, you do it on your own. And then you do lose that connection to that specific person and coach. It's not, you don't really have a coach in the way when you do it when, when kind of self serve type of scenario. There's definitely
0: a big difference between taking a on-demand training where you're just watching videos and taking in information. I think it's important to have at least part of it be live because otherwise the teacher can't gauge what their students aren't getting. They can't figure out, oh, they need more examples. They need more concrete examples of this, right? It's Exactly like you said, there's no relationship and there's not the back and forth, which is really valuable. In your 200 hour training, was there a live component or was it just watching videos?
1: So they did. So they went on, was it at a rotation of four or six weeks, something, I don't remember exactly, but so it's like the first week, if you would follow the exact course, then every week you would go deeper and deeper into each category. And then you would, you would always have like three or four sessions a week. And then on top of that, you would also have like meditation, guiding meditation that you can attend and how to do a class in general and how to get to a peak pose with a yoga aspect to it. So yeah, so you would need to kind of fall into the right week to, to follow the entire program. Okay. But yeah, so I did actually, I did do those a lot at first because I was totally confused when I started. Nothing made sense and the body part sections and the anatomy made no sense to me at all. So that was a, actually, that was a good plus that I didn't mention at first as well. So I believe
0: that with Yoga Alliance, a 300 hour training has to have most of it be live, even if it's online. Mm-hmm. Again, not everybody follows what they say they're following. So you will want to do your due diligence and and really research the specific training, but any training that you really want to go deep into, I do think it's important. Any topic, you're going to go deeper if you have a live component. And if you participate during that live component, right? Because you can, you can be more of a, an observer and that's a, a beautiful Trait and quality that's valuable also being more of an observer type, but there's nothing that can replace the back and forth of actually speaking to and interfacing with the teacher. Let them get to know you and then they'll be able to serve you better. So yes, if you did a 200 hour or sorry, a 300 hour training, definitely make sure there's, it's mostly live, but I would say the same for a yin training or any type of training, make sure that you have a significant amount of opportunity to actually be with the teacher.
1: I have another question, but it's, it's kind of related. (laughs) So on the Yoga Alliance, it does say for prenatal and child, it's like different specification. And I don't really understand what's the difference between like I mean, I know for a child it's like it's under the age of 18 but like what's the difference between the sometimes they offer I don't know I think 95 or 100 hour training for child or prenatal and then I've seen some that are like 20 hours online so it's just I understand like one is probably a lot less knowledge but like at what point do you need to
0: the longer the training the more that there is Practice, practicum, that type of thing versus knowledge versus lecture teaching. So that's why I say the shorter the training, the more efficient it is. However, there, there is such a value in being steeped in a longer experience. And if you're not the type of person, if you're the type of person who really needs to be held in a space to practice and to get feedback while you're practicing in order to absorb the knowledge. So there's just different ways that we learn. And so my experience is that the longer the training, the more we're going to have practicum as part of the training where we're being observed, putting it into practice, and then maybe we get feedback about that. And then as far as the prenatal and children's certifications specifically go. I don't really know why that is like pulled out of the 200 hour training, because you could definitely have a 200 hour training that was focused on prenatal or a 200 hour training that was focused on children's yoga. I don't really understand the need to have a different certification on top of that. I mean, I think the way of teaching kids is pretty different. It's like just the approach is different. I don't personally see that, see the, see the need for that, but I imagine that there was just demand for it. And they created that the Yoga Alliance created those extra categories because people were asking for them.
1: It's a, it's very confusing when you start searching into this in even choosing the right 200 hours it's very confusing because there's there ranges from two hundred dollars to through three, four, five thousand dollars. And some of like I know some of them are more expensive if you're in person, but even online, I've seen three, four four thousand dollars, which I don't see what the difference is.:
0: Well, you'd have to really probably take both trainings to know. I will tell you that as somebody who has taught teacher trainings, they are a lot of work to put together. There are a lot of work to conceptualize and to really think through the order that you want to teach things. There are a lot of work to facilitate because I don't know if it's, it's not just yoga, I'm sure, but. There's a personality type that is attracted to yoga, which is a little bit more, and I don't, I don't want to say this as like a pejorative term, but it's a little more on the neurotic side. So it's like, we already have the tendency to be self-aware. We already have the tendency to question everything. And so that's why we're drawn to yoga. But then being the facilitator of a big group of those people, it's, it's a lot of, Energy. Of course, you can go too far in in your price, but in general, I think teacher trainers deserve to be paid well because they are they're putting their heart and soul into those trainings. As far as comparing one training to another, that is so hard to do before you've taken it, like you said, and you just have to do your best to you know what I recommend is that try to have a conversation with the person who put it together and make sure that you like that person and that you feel comfortable with that person and, and that you get trust them. And that's not a perfect system, but I think it's the best you can do.
1: Yeah. If you don't like that person, even whatever price amount of money, you're not going to like that training for sure.
0: Yeah. And I would say the same for, you know, the same just goes for a 300 hour training too. Make sure that you are able to talk to that person. Make sure that you're able to, that you like the sound of their voice, that you respect what they're saying, that you enjoy practicing with them. That's all really important. Is there anything that feels about this topic that feels like is a loose end that needs to be wrapped up for you?
1: No, it actually makes sense. Wait the two years, go on teaching.
0: Yeah. Teach. And, and it doesn't have to be two years, right? Keep teaching until you get the sense, the pull. I'm ready for a five, 500 hour, 300 hour.
1: And if you never get that pull, then you don't have to take it. Yeah. I like that. That's removes a lot of not, that's not, not really stress, but a lot of thinking from my brain that it's like, just listen to your own body. It will let you know when you're ready.
0: <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. That's a great compliment because I feel like if there's one mission that I have on this podcast, it is to help yoga teachers overthink a little less. <laughs> just like remove some of the extra thought loops so
1: that we can be more present
0: for ourselves, our families, our students in the world.
1: Well from other podcasts I can say that you did me do that. You've removed a lot of questions that I had in my brain. Thank you so much. Or just like, let's just focus on this later. It's fine. It's
0: okay. And who knows, maybe in You know, two or three years, you'll email me and you'll be like, let's do a
1: follow up podcast. I want to tell you all about my 300 hour training. That'd be amazing.